Welcome to another episode of No Parachute. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, the Tuesday of the fourth week of Lent. Uh, The first reading is from Ezekiel, chapter 47, verses 1 through 9 and 12. Turn off this fan so it's not creating a bunch of background noise. The psalm is Psalm 42, uh, essentially verses 2 through 9. And then the verse before the gospel is my favorite psalm, Psalm 51, verses 12a and 14a. And then the gospel is John 5, 1 through 16. So uh, the, the reading from Ezekiel is one of those revelation-type, um, hidden mystery, and allegory-type uh, deals. Uh, it's an angel... With Ezekiel, So the angel brought me, Ezekiel, back to the entrance of the temple of the Lord, and I saw water flowing out from beneath the threshold of the temple. It's a little interesting. He goes, uh, he's led out by the angel towards the east. Um, so assuming the temple is in Jerusalem, heading east, we're heading towards the Dead Sea. Um, and as he begins walking out, he's first in ankle-deep water, then in knee-deep um, and then, uh, it was up to his waist and then it was like a river to where you couldn't cross it unless you were swimming. And so the angel takes him to the bank and along the bank of the river, I saw many trees on both sides. He said to me, the water flows from the Eastern district and empties into the sea, the salt waters, which makes them fresh. So it comes out of the temple in Jerusalem And flows towards the Dead Sea, the salt waters, and makes them fresh. Wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live, and there shall be abundant fish for whoever, or excuse me, for wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Every month they shall bear fresh fruit. For they shall be watered by the flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit shall serve for food and their leaves for medicine. So this story is in, resembles or represents the bringing back of Eden. Uh, Obviously, the Middle East is full of desert. And so bringing back this uh, paradise-like uh, area where all kinds of fruit trees will grow, uh, nothing will die. That's very, uh, very much uh, a representation of paradise. And that flows from the temple. And so for me, this is a what be washed and made clean. So it goes for me back to the verse before the gospel in Psalm 51, which we'll get to, but uh, it says this water flows into the Eastern district upon the Araba and empties into the sea, the salt waters, which makes them fresh. Um, in, in my journal reading this, I said uh, the, the waters flowing from the temple makes this salty dog fresh. <laughs> referring to myself. Um, It washes me clean. So we're going to skip the psalm real quick and just go into the verse before the gospel. It's uh, Psalm 51, verses 12. It's 12a and 14a, but uh, let me read 12 through 14. 
A clean heart create for me, God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Do not drive me from your presence, nor take from me your Holy Spirit. Restore my joy in your salvation. Sustain in me a willing spirit. And so this is the cry from our heart, especially during Lent. Create in me a clean heart. And when we fail in our pursuit of Christ, this especially needs to be our prayer, right? This is likely the psalm written by David after the whole Bathsheba incident. And he says, create for me a clean heart. And the, to me, obviously, this is a representation, back to Ezekiel, representation of paradise. But it's also, like almost everything in the Bible, it can be taken for its original meaning, right? Its face value meaning, and then its spiritual meaning. And um, many times there's both a... Uh, Israel slash Christianity meaning depending on Old or New Testament and then there's a personal meaning and so for me the personal meaning of this is very similar to Psalm 51 created me a clean heart but this shows me where to go to get that and that's the temple or for us the Eucharist and the sacraments um, which again makes me <clears throat> a little broken hearted in this time of uh, COVID-19 uh, isolation, but the desire for that, right? There's plenty of people around the world who don't get Christ on a daily or weekly basis and uh, uniting our hearts with them and, and our suffering with their suffering for their entire life of not being able to receive Christ is, um, is where we need to be in this Lent. You know, we're out in the desert and it's very reminiscent uh, of actually being in the desert and not being able to receive Christ and all of the uh, beautiful sacraments that he provides us. Uh, The psalm is uh, Psalm 46. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. This is from verse 8. There is a stream whose runlets gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is in its midst. It shall not be disturbed. God will help at the break of dawn. And so, again, the, um, for me, the personal meaning of this is, is the theme throughout. And that's to be washed clean. Um, the gospel is John 5, verses 1 through 16. And again, this is to be washed clean. Uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem uh, early Again, this is chapter 5, so um, this is the beginning of his loop back to Jerusalem. Um, It says there's a pool called in Hebrew Bethsida with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, lame, blind, and crippled. There was a man there who had been ill for 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there and said, do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I do not have one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm on my way, someone else gets down there before me. So this man has been trying for 38 years to be washed clean. And what Jesus does is washes him clean with a single word. He says, Rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat and walked. The uh, Pharisees told the man, 
it's not lawful to carry your mat on the Sabbath. And he said, the man who healed me told me to, so I'm better, so I'm going to do what he says. Basically, the, the man finds Jesus in the temple again. Jesus says, look, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, this is what I want to focus on today. It's the man has been washed clean, like all of us in our baptism, in our confirmation, every time we go to confession. But what happens because we sin? And he says to the man who was made well, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse than being sick for 38 years may happen to you. So what happens to us when we sin? There's separation from God, right? There's likely an increase in temptation to do whatever it is that you do. Um, I like to often quote the uh, great uh, 21st century prophet, Kenny Chesney, who has a a line in one of his songs that says, it's always your favorite sin that does you in. Um, And so there's likely an increased temptation, especially to that favorite sin. There's a decreased desire to pray because you're not worthy, right? You, you can't, and, and this is just my experience. So you know, if I'm way off base, let me know. But uh, decreased desire to sin because I'm not worthy to be in front of Christ, even as he dwells in my heart. Um, aren't these worse than being sick or even crippled for 38 years? It's crippling when we sin and remove ourselves from Christ. When we separate ourselves from God, when we decrease our desire and frequency of prayer, all through that increased temptation. So my prayer for today is that we may strive in this time when we may not have access to confession to make a an act of perfect contrition where we come back and we lay at the feet of Jesus begging him for his forgiveness so that we may love him more Lord Jesus we pray all these things in your holy and precious name amen